Hey, Danger Dangers here with a quick announcement. The nomination window for the 2024 Crit Awards closes on May 31st, and it would mean the world to us to have your help getting on the ballot. A link to the nomination form, as well as a document with some of our suggested responses, is in the episode description. But that being said, please feel free to vote for whichever shows you are most passionate about. Thank you for listening, and now, back to the show. Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror real-play podcast loosely inspired by Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I am your host slash Crypt Keeper. I'm Grayson, playing Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Last time we were all involved with everything that's going on, the group basically got to a new town, and we ended up discovering that there was some nasty little kids. Jack didn't do so well with this new world that he's kind of doing with. He thought that by dropping a name or by saying that he's aware of things like, oh, hey, I know this person. We're friends now. And no, that's not the case. I'm Aaron. Uh, I'm playing the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, I'm our bard. All right. So I just want to throw out, you know, we're talking, oh, we showed up in town. Let's not forget how we got to town. The only reason we got anywhere and moved the plot forward was I got us a ride, met wonderful, delightful family. Most of which just learned how to swim. He did not just give us a ride. He stole this poor man's carriage, pushed his children into the lake, and we just waltzed into this town full of vampires. That's great. Hi, I am Ben Magnet. I play Mary Frankenstein, also known as Frankenstein's monster. And last time, I just hid in the bushes while I saw our lovely bard charm and steal a mother effing carriage. Hello, I am Daniel Cruz. I am playing Imhotep the Mummy, a death domain cleric. In our last session, something that everybody else seems to be forgetting, we heard some very familiar, I can only assume, witches talking about double-double toil and trouble. And we found in a pot that was making a lot of fog, a very interesting cloak. Imhotep doesn't know what it is. Daniel was losing his mind a little bit because I know what this item is and I really like it. Hello, my name is Jordan and I play Larry Talbot, a lycanthropic warlock. He is the wolfman. And last time on Larry's adventure, we got on the carriage. We went to town. We met a very thirsty vampire that made me very uncomfortable. But Jordan loves him, but also hates him. But he was scared away. And then we entered this lovely nightclub. And speaking of that lovely nightclub, let's jump right back into where we left off last week. Welcome to Nest. Ooh, fancy. As you walk in, the first thing that you see above you and to the back, there are some supernaturally glowing runes that spell out the Nest and they glow with an ethereal neon green. As you look around, <laughs> the walls around you are upholstered with like red satin. You see a whole bunch of tables and chairs in a room that stretches way far back. You feel- Is this like a nightclub? You feel the pulsating of music. <laughs> oh my God. It is a nightclub. It's a goddamn vampire nightclub. Awesome. And as you kind of look around in confusion to where it's coming from, you see a pair of gigantic 
hearts that are hung up in the back corners of the building oh. that are beating rhythmically with like a bass line. Now, since I, I came in here ahead of everyone else, can I skirt around to the manager and can I be performing when the rest of the group comes in? Uh, I'm going to say sure. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as everyone else is coming in, you start to see and notice this room expands really far back and looks really decadent. You see a bar off to one side with a vampire barkeep dressed in a red button up with a black vest that is polishing a whole bunch of glasses with tooth holes cut out in them. Um, oh my God. You see kind of hanging up from the ceiling, there is a skull that is on fire that is rotating around in place and like opening and closing its mouth and bringing down beams of different colored lights from the fire that keeps changing color. It's a disco ball. Is this a demi-witch as a disco ball? As it makes its rotations, this flaming skull, you kind of hear it dopplered a little bit as it lets off just a constant, ah! <laughs> <laughs> is this just spinning oh and screaming? <laughs> And it blends in with some of the music that's going on. There's a bandstand in the back with a zombified band that have their arms outstretched with the skin flayed and peeled open. And they are um, rubbing their own tendons against themselves in a sharp uh, string instrument-like noise. (laughs) I know the Phantom said, like, I want to sprint off and go do something. But before he does, Imhotep kind of nudges him and goes, talk about the dance macabre. (laughs) Inspiration. (laughs) I'm being attacked by all right now. Anyway, everyone have fun. I'm definitely singing along to the actual unparalleled musical stylings of Tendon on Tendon, a string instrument heretofore not experimented with. (laughs) And uh, there's another one that's standing next to it that has its throat torn open that is plucking its vocal cords like an upright bass. This is like that one scene in Corpse Bride. There are little makeshift stages where there's some other reanimated corpses that are kind of shambling around on stage. There's one that is a female that is kind of like torn apart and dismembered that is impaled by a stripper pole that is like crawling around in circles trying to dance to the music. Oh Oh my god. Uh, Zombie strippers. Yes. I'm horrified. Uh, No. Can I roll disadvantage? I got a natural 20. Sure, if you want to, you can roll with disadvantage. I personally am disgusted, so Larry cannot think this is cool. Uh, Damn it, he thinks it's cool. (laughs) He is just in awe of what he is seeing. Oh my God. And just kind of spread throughout in the different tables and chairs. There are vampires all around and various other assortments of undead and ghouls watching the different spectacles. Some are eating, some are getting some drinks delivered to them. There's some bats flying back and forth from the bar that are carrying trays of drinks over to them. And... You can see in the far back right of this facility, there is one vampire that is sitting completely alone with gargoyles on either side of him and kind of guarding the vicinity, like getting up the stairs, going up towards the private booths on either end are three revenants on each side. 
can I go ahead and look to see if there's any employees that are not busy? Uh, roll perception. <laughs> what a good person. That's 11. With an 11, everybody seems to kind of be doing their own thing. You don't really have any way of knowing who is or is not employed. Because it seems like the rules are pretty lax here with how everybody is in and around and hanging out. Uh, the only one that you can be sure about is the bartender. Okay. Isn't actively dealing with any customers That's right now. That's essentially who I want to go over to then. Can I perform so well that our heavily guarded vampire guest feels the need to come and tip at the end? <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll performance. Oh, it's only uh, 10. Uh, Not my best day. Not grotesque enough. The vampire in the back kind of looks in your direction, raises an eyebrow, and kind of watches for a second, intrigued, and then turns his attention back on the other performances. Ugh. <laughs> uh, where's the where's the bartender? The bar is directly below you to the south. Okay. There's a couple of vampires that are sitting on bar stools that have just a couple of really fancy looking drinks in front of them, but the bartender isn't actively engaged with them and they seem to be just minding their own business. Okay. I'm going to walk over to the bartender and I'm here too. I guess I'm going to watch the performances since Wolfman likes them so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As the invisible man takes a seat, the bartender walks over in your direction and says, um, what can I get for you? What do you have? Well, um, our specials today. Give me one moment. I did write this down. <laughs> Good. Well, for what we have in stock, I can make for you, um, I can make for you a Bloody Mary. Uh a Necroni, uh, a Dark and Stormy, oh my God. a Corpse Reviver, uh, a Last Rites, uh, a Zombie, <laughs> or a Lady in White. Boo. <laughs> I, I would like to try your Dark and Stormy. I would say a Corpse Reviver might be a little redundant, but hey, let's see if it actually does that. Ben, that's the best drink on the menu. Ben, by far, that's the best one they could have offered you. <laughs> like, Aaron's the one person that gets what's going on right now. <laughs> All right, that will be 20 gold pieces each. <gasps> uh, never mind. I don't, can you spot me? I'm like 10. Invisible man. Invisible man. Haggle. A dark and stormy is not worth the same as a corpse survivor. Monster, you're fucked. Like, it is that expensive. My, my good sir, uh, I was kind of hoping that we can start a tab, maybe. Oh, the children got to you, didn't they? <laughs> That's unfortunately common around these parts. Would you be so kind as to uh, maybe fill us in on some information that's going on? Well, uh, all right. I, I'll tell you what. You can get the whole thing for 30. I mean, I, I'm going to lean back and whisper and just tell him that I do not have that gold on me. Uh, I'm fucked. So, uh, Phantom will wander over to the bar and slip 15 gold pieces to the monster. Dang. Thank you. Um, with that, I'm just going to go ahead and keep talking to the bartender. And I whisper over to, to Invisible Man. It's like, I only need five gold. Please, you have five gold. Yeah, I'll just slip them five. All right, cool. Pay, I pay the man. All right. One corpse reviver coming up. Uh, what can I do for you, sir? So, we happen to see um, some names at the top, and we're just kind of curious, um, what do those names mean? We were speaking with your, um, your bouncer friend. Ah, well, um, we, 
We do have to keep security a little bit tight around here. Just survival measure as a precaution. Uh, we, we don't exactly have the most cordial rapport with our neighbors upstairs. So we we try to keep the rowdier ones out. Any names up there were, were removed in due course. And um, that that is quite necessary. They can't enter in without an invitation. And um, we do have fairly good security. These revenants are uh, quite loyal and um, quite dedicated to their cause. But an organized force of vampires is a bit much. So we, although we don't like it, the revoking of the invitation is enough to keep them out. Ah, I, uh, I'm still learning a little bit about this, uh, this area. We're, we're of course new in town and, um, attempting to gain a little bit of favor with uh, the good people here. Ah, yes, of course. Um, we're, we're a pretty amicable group, so as long as you keep your head down and don't cause much trouble, uh, we will get along just fine. Of course. Uh, I saw I saw a couple names on there. Actually, there was one in particular that uh, looked like it was scratched out or damaged. Or... Shh! He hushes you and pulls in and says, We are in the process of fixing that. We don't want anyone to know. He he wouldn't have been able to do it by himself, but by golly, somehow Marlowe managed to assemble enough people to erase enough of his name, and we can't get rid of him. Oh, uh, he's... So people that have been revoked can be reinvited. Don't go telling anyone that. We... No, 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 no. Of course, of course, of course. I'm, this is just simply between you and me. I, I'm just simply a uh, curious individual, and I don't want to step on any toes, and of course I don't want to get you in trouble. We're, we're working on that, but at the moment, we have our hands full with Marlowe. Although our revenants are a dedicated and loyal force, they are quite easily swayed. They are not very intelligent, which is... It's both a benefit in some cases, and in this case, he's managed to charm them all into a personal security detail. And until we get them back, we are too busy dealing with that. But, and he shrugs, at least his money's good. Earlier, Barkeep, you said your neighbors. Are you talking about the peasantry upstairs? Oh, yes. The the squalor up above have um, made an arrangement. We like to come here for, for leisure, and we enjoy having a place that we can just kind of Relax. Don't need to put on airs about ourselves. But um, something went terribly wrong with negotiations a long way back, and the power imbalance is a bit skewed. Um, whatever magic that um, Gonzo managed to work, the the whole town is entirely under their grip. Yes. Uh, what could you share uh, about Gonzo? Oh, well, um, I, I haven't encountered Gonzo myself, personally, but um, we have a bit of an understanding with the people upstairs, and um, we, we make a financial transaction out of the blood that we take and subsist on. And um, there is a little bit of a grading scale, but um, Gonzo has what we might say the S-tier stock. We, it's it's hard to explain to anyone who isn't a native blood drinker, but there is something especially pure and especially delectable about that blood. And using that as a bargaining chip, we managed to negotiate in very poor terms. And, well, here we are now. We try to keep to ourselves, and any time that we need a sip and we need some extra stock to go out for, 
we have to open our wallets. Can Phantom ask my fellow performers about the nonplussed fellow who didn't bother to look at me during the performance? So there's the female without a lower half whose spine is impaled by the stripper pole and the male who is missing half of his jaw who is kind of dancing awkwardly around her. And uh, the male says, Oh, that guy? That's, that's Marlowe. He's, uh, if you need to know anything about anything, you gotta go to that guy. And the lady just kind of groans in agony and says, What he said? Oh, God. As she continues to crawl in circles. Oh, ma'am, do you need some no, help? No, I, I can't stop. And then you hear from up in the back corner, the vampire identified as Marlowe say, Oh, Antichrist, I'm bored. Oh my God. Can't you put on some real entertainment? Who do I have to unkill around here to liven up this performance a little bit? Uh, I didn't say stop. He's wearing a pair of those like old timey, really tiny sunglasses <laughs> and tips them down. His eyes shimmer and everyone in the bar involuntarily swoons and then continues back with what they were doing before. Including us? Uh, make a charisma saving throw. All of us? Everybody. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Wolfman got a 21. 21 unnatural. Hey. I got a 16. 15. Uh, was that 21 or 20? Were either of those natural? No. The threshold was 25. What? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. You are otherwise unaffected, but you involuntarily swoon and then get back up and go right back to what you were doing before. Will we know that we were charmed? Yes. You know that that was kind of against your will. You couldn't help but feel not under the effects of a charm spell, but just generally in awe of his magnanimous charisma. What the hell was that? I look over to Jack. I was like, that was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, my, my friend, uh, is that, the individual that you spoke of before? Oh, yes, that's Marlowe for you. He's been here for three days, and we have not been able to remove him from our premises, but um, we are getting optimistic that the tide may be turning soon. He can't, can't last out here too much longer. Three days? He has to go home eventually. Uh, what, uh... Could you gander a guess as to what brought him here? Oh, I, I don't understand what he wants other than some attention. Um, he's... He's an asshole. So what I can tell you, he's an information broker, but I don't understand what information he has to gleam from being here. So that's probably not it. He's just been continuously ordering a steady stream of drinks and he is paying for them. So we'll make them. But he just he hasn't gotten up out of that seat in so long. Out of curiosity, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and change topics a little bit just to maybe see if I can lighten the mood and everything. Um, do you happen to know anyone that's a bit more artistic in mind? Um, uh, what do you mean by that? I'm going to go ahead and pull out the set of three paintings that I have and just kind of ask him if they mean anything or if he knows anyone that might be interested. He just kind of sighs and then darts his eyes in Marlowe's direction, who um, gives a glance over in your area, uh -huh. looks a little more interested. Ah. As... I am performing, and Marlo has looked away from me in the direction of uh, Invisible Man, who's, you know, not my favorite. I would like to press the digitate 
uh, some like cool puffs of like sparks and stuff to up our performance. Roll performance with advantage. Oh, I, I swear to God, this had better go well. Fifteen. I'm cheering on Phantom. Yes, Eric, amazing. <laughs> With a 15, Marlo kind of looks back in your direction, Phantom, and his interest is captured, and he says, Well, all right. Looks like someone is livening this up a little bit. Keep that up, everyone. Look to this one. He knows what he's doing. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there. Woo! Um. That's my friend up there. All right, now that being said, do better. <laughs> and um, his sunglasses come down, everyone swoons again. Okay, making a roll. If it's possible, go for it. Yes, yes, it. yes, it is possible. That is possible. If I rolled a nat 20, that would reach me to 25. But I did not this definitely time. Definitely not. Not for me. Dang it. I swoon. I, I, Damn yeah, it. I definitely swoon. I'm so mad about swooning. I hate to swoon. I hate it so much. I'm going to go ahead and kind of like shake my head and ask the uh, bartender if there's a way that I can possibly gain an audience with him. Well, our entertainment hasn't been doing it for him, so uh, if you can get creative, then I suppose he'll look your direction. And he bellows out to everyone, show me something I haven't seen. I am going to attempt to do something kind of stupid. <gasps> I'm so excited. I hope you're thinking what I'm thinking. I have no idea. I'm going to ask Frankenstein for his help and ask him if he thinks he can chuck me up towards the balcony and I will attempt to do a frontwards flip with a flourish landing on the banister with like decent balance and then just kind of like brandish the painting. Oh, that is so insanely specific that I love it. God, <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> so Frankenstein monster roll athletics and invisible man roll acrobatics right that's actually what i was going for and both of you do it with advantage because i want to see this work oh okay so first i look over i'm like you want me to do what to you just trust me <laughs> uh, by the way where the hell is my drink <laughs> Um, so with advantage, I got an unnatural All 20. Right. Okay, Frankenstein monster. Uh, that is a horrible roll, my first one. Thank God I had advantage. How was that even better? <laughs> uh, the first one was a five, the second one was an eight. Uh, but, it's a, but I have a plus five athletics, so it's a 13. With a 13, Invisible Man, yes. where were you aiming to be thrown? Um, originally, I was aiming to be, like, right about here, but... Okay, so you were aiming to be about 15 feet away from him, right up against the edge of where the raised booth area is. Yeah, because my goal was to land on the banister with almost like a flourish of balance, and to where it's almost like it's impossible for anyone else to do this. But if the roll's not good enough... I will do the best that I can with what I've kind of Present given. digitation allows me to do a puff of air. If he's close, I would like to assist. Okay. What I was going to say was with an eight athletics, the Frankenstein monster can get you 30 feet away. So he can get you about halfway towards where you wanted to go. With the puff of air, phantom roll, uh, roll strength. Oh, no! Oh. oh, no. Is Okay, question. 
Is this puff of air almost like an invisible platform? 15. 15. So with that puff of air, it's able to kind of push you slightly further forward. So you are able to not get to the banister, but you can get to one of the miniature stages where some zombified dancers are struggling to keep their routine going. You can do with your unnatural 20, you can do everything that you said, you just only make it that far. Okay, so with the with the toss and the puff of air, which I have no idea where it came from, I'm going to say that I grab onto the pole, and at its highest point, I just do like a twirl on it, and then as I'm doing that, just kind of like, oh, it, it's going to sound very stripper-ish, but lean back is almost like I'm doing a backflip, but then slowly catch myself right before I land right on my head and then (laughs) after that let my legs go to do a backflip and then just to kind of like pop up and just hold up the paintings as if they are being presented to marlo as you do all that he stares in your direction gets a very impressed look on his face and begins to applaud Just a very slow golf clap. I take a bow holding the paintings apart so that way my head can dip below and ask if he would care to exchange words regarding these paintings. He says, well, with a pitch like that, I'm sold. And he signals for the revenants to part and make way for the stairs for you to be able to get up. I'm going to go ahead and ask him if it is okay that I bring at least one other person with me. As long as they're interesting, you can bring whoever the hell you want. So mostly not because I want to, but because it seems like Phantom is the only (laughs) other person that has been getting his attention. Well, 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 well. I will offer and ask if Phantom would care to join me upstairs. Uh, Phantom jumps at this, not because it's Invisible Man's uh, invitation, but because he's been trying to get the attention of this one person all goddamn evening. That's exactly why I'm doing it. Not because I want you either, but because you're the only one that I've noticed that is trying to get his attention. Aww. <laughs> Yay! So we have a common goal. Can I have a note of what Imhotep has been doing this entire time? Because I don't think I've actually set up what I've done at all. Uh, sure. What have you been doing this whole time? I have been staring up with the skull that's screaming, <laughs> and my eyes have been changing colors to match the thing's Papa? colors. Papa! <laughs> he's just like, well, it's not even Papa, it's just like... He's just like hypnotized by it. He's like, I can do that too. It's me, I am and that's, Everybody's been doing all this information. He's just like... Wow, a kindred spirit. The flaming skull says, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, y'all are actually accomplishing stuff. It would have been just staring at the disco That's ball. fine. I've just been marveling at these disgusting performances. Wolfman, as you're watching one of these dancers, a vampire and a cultist at a nearby table yell, Take it off! And the zombie rips its face off. Oh my god. And throws it down on the ground, and then they stand up and cheer. Yeah! Wolfman barks. <laughs> uh, let's see if Wolfman thinks that's cool or not. Oh my god, he thinks oh, it's cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, that's amazing! Woo-hoo! 
I love it here. Oh, Larry, why have you betrayed me so? <laughs> He's a little freak. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So above table, above table, I am shaking and my hands are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Vomit <laughs> oh. on your sweater already. Phantom and Invisible Man. As you sit down in front of Marlowe for an audience with him, the revenants have parted on either side and they kind of go back around and block the stairways up to the booth area. And Marlowe is sitting back, relaxed and reclined with a gargoyle on either side of him. And they look at you with familiarity. It is Igneous and Sandstone. Oh. Oh. Oh, good. I'm so happy I brought Phantom now. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Igneous says, oh, hey, it's you guys. Oh, it's been a little while, but uh, we, we really enjoyed meeting up with you. You were real nice. And Sandstone says, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quiet, both of you. So, I assume that you've come to me for information, because that's the only reason anyone ever comes to me. So, uh, what is it you want? And we can maybe make a deal on those paintings. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I thank you very much for giving us uh, some of your time. Um, we came across a uh, tricky individual, which their name was outside the door. Oh, Count Orlock? Well, uh, he's just a <laughs> bit of an old timer. He, he likes to skulk around these parts and really harsh the vibe, but uh, he means well. He's just a bit outdated, if you know oh. what I mean. <laughs> Yes, of course. I absolutely see what you're talking about. However, the individual in question that uh, we had uh, a run-in with, I hope this does not uh, put you in a foul mood or anything, but... Um, oh my god, you're boring me. What do you know about Rainer? <laughs> Damn. Oh, interesting. You want to know about Rainer? Well... What can I say? He's a thorn in my ass. <laughs> well, isn't he to all of us? You know, for a spawn, he's really tenacious. He's not even a full vampire. I don't even know how he got all of his resources and wherewithal, but he's far more powerful than any spawn should be. And he just kind of showed up one day. We don't really know all that much about him, but he's been making some big power plays and it's really been upsetting the community. Speaking of power plays, could you guess? Because he killed, and you, you'll probably take an interest in this. Mr. Van Helsing himself. Oh, well now. I just want to know how he did it, you know? We got to get those people out of the way. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that is fascinating. I'm going to pocket that little bit of information, give you a little bit of information in exchange. Uh, from what I understand from my circle, my network of informants, and he gestures to the gargoyles on either side of him, I tend to keep eyes and ears all over the place, and um, from what I've gathered, he seems to be making a go at some very particular magical items. Uh, we we don't exactly know what his endgame is, but um, he's been making deals with all sorts of creatures. Uh, I can give you more specifics, but we're going to have to barter a little bit for anything more detailed. Uh, bartering? Absolutely. We have, uh, what would you like to discuss? We do have those three paintings that I believe caught your eye. I'll give you 40 gold for the paintings, but that's not worth my information. Okay. Who's this? And I whip out my own painting. 
Uh, which painting is it? Just remind me. Of Mr. V something or other. I think that was the Vordenberg guy, right? Or no? Oh, that. Well, that is the Baron Werner Vordenberg. Um, I, I haven't really brushed up on my history all that much, but um, he was the beginning of the vampire hunters. He was where um, uh, they stumbled into some sort of blood magic. There's something up with his blood, and he was able to teach it and pass it on to a whole generation, and he's the reason we even have to deal with the Van Helsings in the first place. Oh, shit, he's boring. And I tossed the painting over to Invisible Man. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and pull out the book and show that his name was recorded in it and ask if there's if there's anything that we can help you with as per um security oh of course so uh all right i don't like admitting this but um i have been in a little spot of trouble and uh the blood hunters were coming to me for information and we made a barter but clearly they didn't live to see it through that's what I'll tell you for now. If you can get a little bit more of my trust, I might be able to make some further arrangements with you. By all means, how can we do this? Well, um, let's trade a little bit. Information for information. Word travels fast around here, and I've heard, uh, some whispers about Camilla Karnstein. What can you tell me about her? Far as I know, she was slain 200 years ago, but... Apparently, Orlock is ranting and raving about her walking around again. Nope, that guy's <laughs> absolutely losing it. Uh, we were actually just in her uh, graveyard, and all those graves are undisturbed. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, roll deception. I was going to put my hand on Phantom's shoulder and say, No, no, what's fair is fair. He's looking for information for information. Uh, uh, uh so it's 12, but I'm going to use my inspiration. But then also, what do the gargoyles know? Yeah, because the gargoyles were there too, and they saw her. So that's why... Well, it's too late now, isn't it? 18 <laughs> with my reroll. He raises an eyebrow and says, Oh, really? Looks to the two gargoyles and says, We'll double check later. And I'm just going to put my... Uh, I would like to do an intimidation check. Okay, on roll intimidation at disadvantage. Ugh, shit. Eight is the lower number. <laughs> and uh, Igneous says to you, um, oh, no, sorry, buddy. Our allegiance is with this guy. And that's, again, like I said, I put my hand on Phantom's shoulder and tell him what's fair is fair. He wishes for information, and his friends at his side can confirm anything that he's curious about. And I'll tell him uh, what we saw in the graveyard and what Rainer did, and that Abraham... Essentially, I don't know, melded with uh, Carmilla. Oh, typical blood hunter nonsense. For all intents and purposes, uh, Abraham Van Helsing is dead and gone. But um, he he's going to persist a little bit inside uh, Carmilla's head if, if what went down went down as you described it. Um, did, he, did he take his own life? Yes. Yep, definitely. <laughs> he glances over at Phantom and smirks. All right. Well, this could go one of a few ways. We're in kind of unexplored territory here, but um, he may have attempted to give her a soul again, and if she can hang on to it, then that makes her especially dangerous. How... how so? It would make her an anomaly, not truly an undead, not truly 
a revivified living individual, but um, somewhere in between. And with something that can walk with a foot in both paths, that doesn't bode well for the natural order of things. I can see what you mean. Um, Is there any hazards that we should be aware of for the future regarding her? If she really is out and about again, there will be people out to get her. She's had quite a legacy. Uh, She was, after all, one of the most prolific vampire lords that we had among our ranks. But um, from what I understand, she's not exactly herself these days, is she? No, as you said, she has the specter of Abraham. How about the stuff we care about, huh? We're looking for Rainer. A thorn in your side, our side, everyone's side. Oh, God, yes. Uh, So, you did survive an encounter with Karnstein. You do sound like you are more uh, capable than the average blokes that come around here. If you're willing to exchange a favor for me, I can give you that information. Done. I'm in. Here's what I need you to do. I... I've been attempting to gain access to a certain residence that um, my invitation has been revoked from. So, what I would like you all to do, there is a mansion about an hour's walk away from here, belonging to one Lord Maledict Stonecroft. And what I need you to do If you can get inside those doors and invite me in, I can take care of the rest. However, there are quite a lot of security measures in there, and I would appreciate and make it worth your while if you can deactivate any number of them. I'd prefer they not be destroyed, but if it comes down to it, then that works. The more of them you can destroy before inviting me in, the better your reward will be. Do we have a deal? Yes. And I hold out my hand. He shakes it, and your hands burn. Uh. And he says, a deal's a deal. If things get a little bit too spicy in there for you, just say, Marlo Bronte, I invite you in, and I'll take care of the rest. But um, the more you can take care of for me, the better. And you don't need to see the individual in order to be invited, correct? All I need is the invitation itself. Excellent. So we'll be seeing you inside. Very well, then. I will have some information for you on the other side. And then he basically pulls out a map and directs you towards where the mansion is so that you can go directly there from here. And, of course, what's fair is fair. Here are your paintings. Excellent. He gives you 40 gold pieces for the paintings. Okay. Alrighty. You gonna deliver the rest of the info to the Scooby gang? One quick question first. Does my drink ever show up? (laughs) I assumed that it did, but now that you bring it up, (laughs) the drink comes out on a serving table, it gets picked up by a couple of bats and brought out near you, and then some more rowdy zombies kind of walk past and knock it over. The bartender shakes his head and remakes it, and the bats get distracted by another customer and bring it to the wrong table. No. Uh, Barkeep? Yes, what is it? I'm sorry to tell you, Spud, but I still haven't gotten it yet. <sighs> All right. Well, here you go. This is the last one I can make you. If this one doesn't make your way, we'll find something else to compensate you for it. As you, like, bring it up 
to your face to take a sip from it. One of the bats who um, brought a wrong order to a table gets batted away by an angry vampire there, and it smacks into the drink and knocks it out of your hand. Oh. The barkeep sees us, right? The barkeep turns around and starts making someone else's order. <sighs> um, Damn during all of that, I wanted to tell Phantom if you can gather some of our friends, we can meet at an empty table. While everyone else was doing their scene, I want to say Larry was just trying to start up a conversation with the performers, asking them about their process and how they get here. Like, how did you even learn that you could make music with your tendons? It's it's amazing. And, and honestly, just trying to like form a friendship. As you're asking those questions, every other word gets drowned out by the rotating flaming skull going, <laughs> that kills me every time. I'm, I'm kind of curious if Emotep is like watching this skull do this thing. And then in his head, he's like, I, almost seems fun. I want to try it. <laughs> Letty, Letty, hear me out. I have this great new idea. Oh, what is it? No, it Ow. is ridiculous. Come I... on, Emotep. Mm. You can't just serve it up like that. I've got to know. He's going to point it for the skull. <gasps> oh, do you want to try it? <laughs> okay. I would like to say, while y'all are having your conversation with Marlo, Larry's in the background asking a staff member if they can get him a stepladder so he can go up and switch out Emotep's head for a little while. Oh, please, please. He would really love to try it. It's something he's always dreamed of. Everything he's ever dreamed of. The dancer on the stage with the, um, like, half-torn-off jaw says, um, Well, I he's okay with it. I, I guess. Give him a break. It'll be great. Uh, take five, friend. The rotating skull says, please. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they let you do that. The flaming skull drops down. You're able to kind of screw Imhotep's skull in its place. And Imhotep, go for it. <laughs> what are the colors? Um, paint the picture. Can you do separate colors? Um, technically, my thaumaturgy is only supposed to be like I change the appearance of my eyes for one minute, but like he's just cycling through them. He's just going through the whole rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah! He's just going in order and going back <laughs> and to the start. And down there cheering. Yeah, that is also my friend up there. Wow. Everyone's so amazing. Uh, when you're done, your head pops down, and as they're screwing the other flaming skull back in, it says, You got a good technique. You, you're a real natural at this. You could use some work, but with a little bit of practice, you could be just like me. <laughs> <laughs> in any case. Okay. So I imagine as we're screwing Emotep's head back on his body, um, Everybody comes over to update. Yeah. Phantom would like to bow, accept right. any money that rolls in. All members of the ensemble, please come to this table in the back. All right. I suppose we could do that. It'll help us figure out where we need to go next. So you're basically able to just go straight there whenever you guys want. Is there anything else you want to take care of here at the nest before you go? I want the server to come with that drink finally for the Frankenstein monster, and then I will shoot it. Just like down it all in one? Yep. Right in front nice. of the monster. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just say that happens. And can I attempt to do something? Uh, depends what it is. <laughs> I want to do a sleight of hand check for that and just swap it out for like anything else. Invisibility potion? No, definitely not. <laughs> Would be funny. 
So it's like two different servers crossing by and as he's like grabbing it, I want to swap it with like another glass so that way like he drinks some random liquid. Okay, so here's what's going to happen then. So the bartender sees the spilled drink from before and realizes what must have happened, scrambles real quick to throw together a dark and stormy, tosses that up to some bats flying around with serving trays. They catch it and start to bring it on over. And exactly as you described, two bats are crossing paths, one with a dark and stormy, one with a bloody Mary. So go ahead and roll sleight of hand if you want to swap them. Oh, that's why vampires like Mary's blood. (laughs) Uh, That's an 18. With an 18, I'll say you can successfully swap them. Okay, so I've got the Dark and Stormy now. Wait, are you trying to swap them so that the Bloody Mary gets delivered in place of the Dark and Stormy? Or are you trying to steal the Dark and Stormy and the Bloody Mary, do a switcheroo and put that in front of the Phantom? Well, I was trying to make it so that way when the Phantom essentially goes for the Dark and Stormy. Oh, okay. So you snatched the Bloody Mary. When the Phantom goes to drink the Dark and Stormy, you're going to try to swap those out. Yes. Okay, so make another sleight of hand roll. Oh, okay. And phantom roll perception. Uh, oh, that's a 16. 20. Uh. (laughs) As you go to down this drink, you see what is very visually obviously a Bloody Mary. The bright red, the celery stick hanging out, you see like the whole works. There's no way you're going to mistake these two. I would like to make the closest approximation of eye contact with the Invisible Man and still shoot it. The whole damn thing. Oh my god, chugging. <laughs> damn, okay. I'm just that's, gonna, a big, that's a big, uh-huh. thick drink. And it's probably an actually bloody. Yeah. yeah. Yep, it's got blood instead of tomato juice and like four times the normal amount of vodka to mask it. So roll constitution. While that's going on, I'm going to slide the drink over to Frankenstein. I look over to the Invisible Man. Thank you. I give just stare over at uh, Phantom, and I finally sip my drink. (laughs) Oh, it's a stick. How is it? It is disgusting and revolting. You do not throw it up. You are able to keep it down, but you are intoxicated. So until your next rest, you have advantage on charisma-based abilities... Like he needs that. <laughs> but disadvantage on wisdom, intelligence, and dexterity skill checks and abilities. Oh, no. no. that. The good news <laughs> is I would say I haven't been using very much wisdom. Obviously not. You just chugged an entire Bloody Mary. I'm sitting here enjoying my Dark Astoria, which, by the way, Jack, it is quite delicious. Don't know if it was worth the wait, but I have to say it was quite delicious, and I don't think this cost this is supposed to be 30 gold. In any case, I had nothing useful to contribute. I just wanted to do that bit before we go ahead and warp over to a... (laughs) I do appreciate that. So take a point of inspiration with your advantages and disadvantages. Wonderful. Can Imhotep take time to do an Arcana check or something on that robe once he's down from doing his Disco Ball fantasies? Yeah, just roll Arcana. 23. With a 23, I'm just going to straight up tell you guys all what this is and how it works. So this is... A robe of useful items. Yes! And basically how this works, it is cursed. So if you put on the robe, you cannot take it off until all of its uses are expended. Interesting. And it will reduce your armor class by one. But how the robe works, it has a set number of patches on it. I'm going to roll a d20 right now to see how many patches it has. It has seven patches. 
and what you can do when you are wearing the robe at any time you can use an action to tear one of the patches off the robe and chuck it in a general direction and it will transform into a useful object. I have a table of what the different things it can be is, and it's going to be a D100 roll. It will always be an item that is useful. It will not always be an item that is relevant. Does uh, Emotep tell us what this jacket does or this coat? Not quite yet. Okay, okay. Because you can see Larry's eyeing the jacket. He likes weird outfit pieces. Now, I hate that this is a relevant question. Is it fashionable? <laughs> it is a coat with a bunch of really weird patches all over it. Hideous. I guess Phantom will literally never, ever use it under any circumstances. Oh, how big is it? It basically is a one-size-fits-all. Okay. It kind of subtly changes shape a little bit to match whoever is holding and looking at it. It looks like it would comfortably fit you no matter what your size is, and it will shrink or grow to adjust. Do we see Emotep visually holding it open and looking at it and checking it out? Uh, roll perception. Okay. Nope, I see nothing. That's a five. Yeah, Larry wants to try on the jacket so bad, especially if he doesn't know it's dangerous in any I mean, way. I was thinking if it has a hood, it could help cover my face. I could wear it too. But of course, I don't know if Mary knows what Emotep's looking at. So now I'm just sitting there, enjoying my drink, looking up at the giant disco head, looking over at the zombie strippers. And I'm thinking it's like... This is disturbing, but I can't look away. It's disturbing. It's neat, but disturbing. I'll say that Jack is just bitterly impressed that Phantom still drank the Bloody Mary. Um, Emotep, can, can I try on that jacket real quick? No. <laughs> no? No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even going to ask for an explanation, just no. Quickest plot arc ever. <laughs> Emotep, what is that right there? We picked it up in the woods. I have no idea what it is. It is something that may come in handy upon our upcoming outing. And as much as I would love to offer it to our friend Larry over here, I believe it has a curse upon it. Oh, well. So I will fall upon the Kopesh, as it is said. And unless anybody has a particular opposition, throws the cloak over and puts it on. All right. So what's what's the curse? Like, how do you feel? Well, you look great. I really love that on you. It, it just works. It kind of looks at all the patches. I suppose it does, as you say, work. It could work a little harder. Would you like to wear it? <laughs> as you say, would you like to wear it? When you try to tug at it, it holds fast and it constricts against you. Oh, well, it's a good thing I don't have a windpipe. <laughs> Hmm. I suppose you will have to wait until after I'm able to remove it. So, Emotep, you said there's a curse to this, but what does that mean? Like, does anything change for you? Well, I cannot remove this gaudy piece of fabric. Despite its usefulness, it is gaudy. But you said it's going to be useful. I hope it will be. All right, that's good enough for me. I'm hoping that the usefulness outweighs the cursedness. <laughs> okay, anything else we want to take care of? Does... Frankenstein have to roll for constitution? Because I don't know who's going to be up and down when we're doing the whole dungeon uh, thing. No, he doesn't have to roll for constitution. It's specifically because okay. the phantom chugged the whole thing in one go. Oh, got you. 
And I'm enjoying my drink, so it is being filtered through at a normal pace, and it's not going to affect me whatsoever. Just an enjoyable experience. I'm I'm just enjoying the ambiance and sipping away and having a good time. So are we stuck at the nightclub for like two hours? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, tap hovering over the monster's shoulder. Mary, we need to go. Mary, Mary, finish. Mary, Mary, let us go. Mary, we are waiting on you. Mary, 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 Mary. (laughs) Drink it, drink it, drink it. (laughs) Glug, 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 glug. No, I'm not chugging it. I'm still like taking a few good sips here and there. Taking it to go. <laughs> Mary, 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 we need to go. Mary, Mary. You say <laughs> my name one more goddamn time. I am throwing this in your drink and you're still owing me 30 gold. Stares at him. Frankenstein. Oh, you son of a bitch. We are the outcasts, the misfits, you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste for the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid. We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it. Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright. When you're oh so terrified, you know who to call. The world is falling apart. We'll never take you to heart. Some monsters and creatures and spirits and specters and all. Let's all have a ball. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of D and Dark, created and hosted by myself, Danger Dan Jers. Stick around to the end for this episode's blooper. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review. We've got an easy link in the description to ratethispodcast.com slash dndark in order to lay out all your options in one easy link. Your support really does mean the world to us, and we appreciate hearing your thoughts and feelings on the show. So please reach out to us on TikTok at dndarkpodcast. Dean Dark's cast is Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy, Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, and Ben Magnet as Frankenstein's Monster. Our theme song and outro is Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni, recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. Our cover art was provided by Jordan Nelson. Listen to new episodes of D&D Dark every Wednesday, anywhere you find podcasts. So, Phantom and Invisible Man. As you take up an audience with Rainer, he's kind uh, of parted with, with, uh, with who? Yeah. Oh. Sorry, not Rainer, uh-huh, Marlo. Uh-huh, uh-huh, mm. uh-huh. Mm. Uh, so... Marlo, as he's sitting before you, rips off a big mask, like one of those big rubbery face masks, and you see the buggy-eyed face of Rainer staring at you and says, Did you miss me? And then he pulls off a second layer of a big old rubber mask, Scooby-Doo style, and it's Marlo again, and he says, I'm just joking with you. That's how you do true showmanship. This guy sucks. (laughs) 